Blog Talk Radio. Glamour Fearless, Diva Talk Radio. Hello, divas and dudes. Are you ready? Because I'm ready to welcome you to the Mr. Divabetic Show featuring best-selling author Kristen Higgins, poet Lorraine Brooks, the leader of the Diva Club in Cleveland, Marianne Nicolay, Stephanie Gabber from Thomas Jefferson University Hospital, certified personal trainer, yoga instructor, cognitive coach, and yes, author Ginger Vieira and Jennifer Martzloff from Trig Laboratories. I'm your host, Mr. Divabetic, and I'm bringing sexy back with Divabetic's Don't Let Diabetes Kill Romance campaign to raise awareness for sexual wellness issues related to diabetes in a fun and informative manner. Divabetic's Don't Let Diabetes Kill Romance campaign wants you to know that if you're suffering from diabetes-related sexual health issues, that you're not alone. We're here to help. We believe in you and your ability to manage your diabetes. I want you to know I applaud your efforts to be happy and healthy in spite of all those diabetes bad hair days. That's what I call it. You know, those days when everything seems to go right and then suddenly something unexpected happens and your blood sugars have a mind of their own. Well, I want you to take a minute and take a deep breath with me and let me just say to you, all my listeners, I think you're doing a great job and I applaud you in every way, shape, and form. If you come to any of my outreach events, I always love to give people a standing ovation. And so this one's for you. Now, the good news for people like you who are managing their diabetes and who seek out treatment, you could still enjoy happily ever after, like the character showcased in one of Kristen Higgins' best-selling books, The Best Man and or Just One of the Guys. I read both and loved them. I totally recommend them to anyone who's looking for a great read this fall. But did you know that millions of people with diabetes experience sexual health problems, but very few people seek help? Most people feel uncomfortable and embarrassed to talk to their doctors because the, sub- the subject is still considered taboo here in 2013. But apparently it's not that taboo for rock star Brett Michaels, who's living with type 1 diabetes. He recently opened up about how he literally risked his life for better sex in an interview with Elle magazine. Brett Michaels said, the only time diabetes will ever affect you in bed is if you have extremely low blood sugars and you go into an insulin shock, at which point you won't be standing up, let alone performing sex. However, Brett says, I will sometimes hold, on, hold off on the insulin, which will jack my blood sugar levels up to a low 200 range. It's like a prize fighter. It's like how a prize fighter will want to go into the ring with his blood sugar levels high. It gives you the stamina of a bull. So yes, Sometimes Brett Michaels will endanger his own life for the pleasure of a woman. I honestly cannot believe this man said this in an interview, and I cannot wait to the end of the show when I'm talking to one of my favorite certified diabetes educators, Stephanie Gabber from the Thomas Jefferson University Hospital, about male men with diabetes and sexual wellness issues. And I just want to say, I think rock star Brett Michaels has rocks for brains. I know you all love to write me letters and tell me what you think, so please email me at mrdivabetic at gmail.com. That's mrdivabetic at gmail.com. And for all the haters out here who really don't think I should be talking about sexual wellness issues, when I read something like this, I feel like I should be talking about this every single day on my podcast. So uh, feel good that I'm only doing it once a month. But I've got an amazing lineup of guests. And tonight, thanks to Brett Michaels, all this, this entire podcast is dedicated to the men in your life and helping to educate them so that you could live happy and healthy with them and really empower yourself. And also, uh, because we're celebrating the men in your life, we're celebrating the release of Divabetic's Eye Candy Calendar featuring nine hot and hunky male fitness models from New York City sharing their favorite fitness tips. It's $20 plus shipping and handling available at divabetic.org 
or lulu.com. The proceeds benefit diabetics' ongoing efforts in diabetes educational outreach. I hope you pick up your copy. It's a perfect stocking stuffer. Or you could donate and spread the power of love by showing your support for our dazzling brand of diabetes at divabetic.org. Your tax-deductible contributions are greatly appreciated. Guess what, everybody? It's time to get on with the show. Well, I'm going to welcome my first guest. You know, all you listeners who've been tuning into us month after month, you'll know her. She's one of my favorite authors. And she's also written a new book called, uh, of poetry called Riding the Wave. Uh, she's going to be here to help me celebrate the DivaBetic's biggest event of the year. It's called Diabetes Fair Tales. It's going to be at the American Diabetes Association Expo in Pittsburgh on Saturday, November 9th. So please welcome my friend and my favorite poet, Lorraine Brooks. Thank you, Matt. Thank you very much. Hi, Lorraine. Thanks here. for joining the Mr. DivaBetic Show. Thank you for inviting me. I always enjoy being on your shows. Well, we love having you here now. You know, this is so funny because obviously the show is directed more towards adults and, you know, you're gonna, we're going to be talking about diabetes fairy tales. But when I came up with this concept this year to talk about diabetes fairy tales, it was really looking at um, something that was for kids of all ages. There, it is very adult-themed. What's going on with the, the stage show in Pittsburgh this year is we took the nine Divabetic Rules for Self-Care, which are at our website, divabetic.org, and with your help and your creativity – we took on some of the most popular fairy tales and tried to bring to life the uh, philosophy of Divabetic in nine wonderful, wonderful poems as a way to kind of spark interest in talking more about diabetes in a fun new way. Well, I think it was a great idea, Max, because as you say, you don't have to be a kid to enjoy a good fairy tale and a good happily ever after story. And also it brings out the um, the lighter side of diabetes care so that people don't feel like they have to be uh, depressed or burdened every day. There are some things that we have to just uh, just do, and we do them uh, because they're good for us to do. So I was really honored uh, when you asked me to do it, and I'm really glad that the poems are getting the positive response that they're getting. I think it's wonderful. I can't wait for you to go to Pittsburgh. I know. I'm going to tell you all about it. I'll shoot a video in your honor. How's that? Thank you very much. I appreciate that. All right. So you're going to share one of the fairy tales with us tonight. Which one would you like to hear? I I think I wanted to hear Cinderella. Okay. Because it's uh, all about happily ever afters here tonight on, on our podcast. Okay. So this is uh, Cinderella from the diabetes perspective. Cinderella's stepsisters were cruel and unfair. They had diabetes and didn't take good care. One of her sisters had had a stroke. The other one still continued to smoke. One of them started to have trouble seeing. She wasn't really concerned with her own well-being. The other one struggled with heart disease, and when she breathed, you could hear her wheeze. Cinderella decided that wasn't for her, and to her own diabetes, she wouldn't defer. One day, Cinderella received a call, and she got invited to the governor's ball. It was there that she met a wonderful prince, and they've been inseparable ever since. Cinderella has made him a wonderful wife, and she vowed diabetes won't ruin her life. So they lived in his kingdom in a house filled with laughter. Taking care of herself made her live happily ever after. Thank you, Max. I love that poem, Lorraine. I just love the message. And, you know, it goes so well hand-in-hand with romance novels, women's fiction, and a lot of what Kristen Higgins' themes are in general about, you know, really finding the your mate, your soulmate in life. And I feel like what you tried to convey in that poem or what we tried to talk about was really that uh, all those things are possible for anyone living with diabetes, that you can find true love, that you could go on to live a happily ever after. You could get married, you could have children, you could live a long and healthy life. And if you don't take care of yourself, then there is something a little bit ugly about that as, in regards to the ugly stepsisters. And I think that poem kind of illustrated the idea if you're not managing your care, you're in denial, uh, things could get ugly pretty quickly. I, I totally agree with you, and I also want to just um, 
give you kudos also on bringing up sex as a topic. I know it's difficult for some people to talk to and some people to hear, but it's part of life. And and having diabetes certainly uh, should not prevent anyone from having a healthy sex life. So I applaud you, and uh, I think it's a great idea, and um, I, I can't wait to hear the show. Well, I'm thrilled that you were able to join us as always. And you know what? Words are all over our commitment to November because not only am I doing Diabetes Fairy Tales, something is happening at SUNY Downstate Medical Center in Brooklyn from November to 12th to 14th. Tell our listeners quickly what's going on. Well, you and Susan McCaslin, uh, who is the inspiration and artist behind uh, the workshop, it's going to be called the Plate Poetry Project. On November 13th at noon, we're going to be doing a workshop where we'll be inviting people to come in and giving them an opportunity to uh, share some of their poetry, write some of their poetry, and listen to some poetry about how people uh, relate to food and diabetes and how it affects your your mood and your overall health. So that's going to be on November 13th. And then November 14th is World Diabetes Day, as you know. And on November 14th, we're going to be having the plate poetry display at Downstate Medical Center, and we're also having a vendor's fair, so we'll have people uh, who are going to be giving out information and um, some samples, and you've gotten some wonderful donations from some companies. Uh, we're going to be giving out samples and also encouraging people to have uh, to interact with the plate poetry display, and that means to use the plates, which are going to have feeling words on them, and use the plates to rearrange them in such a way that it expresses how you feel about food and diet and diabetes. I think it's a wonderful idea, and I can't wait to see it happen. I can't either. And, you know, you, uh, stay tuned because Ginger Vieira is going to come up later, and she wrote this wonderful book, Emotional Eating with Diabetes. I'm going to be talking to her later on the show. And, and I also know that Marianne Nikolai from Diva Club in Cleveland is going to be telling me a little bit about some mindless eating in a few minutes. So stick around, Lorraine. And again, thanks for being on the show. I will, Max. Thank you very much, and thank you for doing this. It's wonderful work. All right, everybody. We're getting ready to meet my next diva on the show tonight. You know, not only am I going to be in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, I'm going to be in Philadelphia, and you just heard I'm going to be in Brooklyn, New York. But also, guess what? In Cleveland, Ohio, for the past seven years, women with all, divas of all types, I should say, gather every month under the wonderful leadership of my next guest, and she helps to empower them to live every day happy and healthy. Please welcome Marianne Nicolay. Hello, Marianne. Hey, Max. How are you? I'm doing better now that you're on the show. Oh, that's sweet. You know, um, Marianne, I wanted to have you on the show because we're going to talk a little bit about the Diva Club, and then you're going to help me get foxy with fiber. And just in case people don't think you could get sexy with nutrients, we're going to do it. So first of all, the Diva Club. Everyone's been emailing me since you were on last uh, week asking me, what is the Diva uh, last month? What what is the Diva Club, and uh, who comes to it? Well, our Diva Club meets the second Saturday of every month at our office in Cleveland. And we meet from 10 in the morning until noon. And every month we come together and we just um, we have some coffee and tea. We sit and relax and talk with each other. And we always talk about a topic, some topic related to diabetes. And um, we find out a little bit about a topic, we discuss it, we kick it around, we, we talk to each other, we just kind of take it apart in our own way. And it's just a lovely group of women we've been meeting. We're going into our seventh year. Can you believe that? No, I think it's incredible. And, you know, I, I, I just want to know, like, seven years, so many of these women have been a part of it for the past mm-hmm. seven years, correct? Right, right. We have a lot of women that um, And this is the wonderful thing about our Diva Club is that the ladies know that we're always there. And so if they kind of come and go, they know that they can always come back. And last month at our October meeting, we had several women that hadn't been around for a while but just needed the support of the women, and they decided, yeah, it's time to get back. And they came back, and it was just wonderful to see their faces again, but just very gratifying for me to know that they know they can always come back, that we're always there. And it was really fun just to kind of reconnect with those folks. 
And if you want to be a part of that, you could go to the Diabetes Partnership of Cleveland, their website, find out more about it. But right now, you're going to tell us a little bit more about that at the end, Marianne. Right now, we're going to get foxy with fiber because, you know, I was the diabetic detective this week. I was looking at nutritional level labels, and I saw that fiber is actually considered a carbohydrate. Right. When you look at a food label, you're going to see dietary fiber listed under total carbohydrate. And, is it going to um, raise my blood sugar? No. Actually, um, here, here's the good thing about fiber. It is a part of all plant-based foods, and it's something that your body doesn't digest, so it passes through your body. And that's really a good thing because when you eat plant-based foods that have the fiber in it, the fiber goes through your stomach, it goes through your intestines, it goes through your colon, and it goes out of your body. And so it can keep your colon very healthy, and it can help to um, prevent constipation. It can help... um, really in preventing some types of cancer like colon cancer and it can help um, prevent diverticulitis which is an inflammation of little pockets in the colon so it's really good for colon health and it's also um, what's nice about fiber is that it fills you up so it leaves you feeling a little bit more satisfied after a meal and you aren't as hungry, so you don't come running back for more food. That's a good reason why half of your dinner plate should be filled with vegetables, which is a really good source of fiber. But when it comes to your blood sugar level, um, for people with diabetes, fiber can be important in a couple of ways. And the first way is that it helps to slow down how fast glucose, which comes from the carbohydrates that you eat, It helps to slow down how fast that glucose is released into your blood. And then the fiber in in your foods can also help keep your blood sugar from going up too high after you've eaten. So if we can think of it like this, if you were to drink like a half a cup of apple juice, for a typical person, your blood sugar would probably rise, you know, maybe 30 to 50 points within 50 minutes or within 15 minutes, excuse me. Uh Now, if you ate an apple, and I'm talking just a small apple, you know, a lunchbox-sized apple, um, your blood sugar would also rise, but it wouldn't rise as high and it wouldn't rise as fast. And that's because that little apple has about four grams of fiber in it. The apple juice doesn't have any fiber in it at all. So you can see that fiber is going to be really helpful in keeping blood sugars from getting too high too fast and it just slows down some of that blood sugar so it's a no, good it thing sounds to have great. i mean i just feel bad because i read somewhere that not many americans are getting enough fiber in their diet so right, how do you right. recommend that people get a little bit more fiber in their diet besides you know you going back to the whole fr- uh, fruit instead of the juice what el- what other tips do you have for getting more fiber in your diet okay the average person um needs between 20 and 35 grams of fiber a day most Americans get about half of that. So we've all got a little bit of work in front of us. Um, when you increase your fiber, you want to increase it slowly, and you want to make sure that you add more liquids into your diet because fiber is going to absorb fluids. And if you don't get more fluids in, you could get a, a bit of a belly ache. So you want to increase your fluid as you increase your fiber. But where can you get more fiber? You can get it through fruits and vegetables. Fresh is always going to be best. Um, Frozen is also going to be a good source too. But get it in fruits and vegetables. Get it in 100% whole grain um, products like breads or cereals or crackers um, or pasta. 100% whole grain pasta is uh, half a cup of pasta has six grams of fiber in it. It's a great way to get some fiber in. Get it in through um, adding dried beans and legumes and dried peas um, into your diet. You can add those in casseroles. You can add them in salads. You can make, add them in um, soups. Um, today, it's really cold here in Cleveland. It only hit about 50 degrees, so I made a big pot of split pea soup, and a cup of split pea soup is going to have about six grams of fiber in it, and that's not that. a bad way to go. Yeah. Sounds good. Now, um, tell me a little bit about what you're reading on top of that. That's great advice. Well, what I'm reading for pleasure for my bedtime reading, um, I'm going to reread um, Pat Conroy's Beach Music. Anything by Pat Conroy is just my absolute favorite 
Um, he's got, he just describes things so beautifully and eloquently, and his characters are so developed. I just love a p- good Pat Conroy book. And but I believe what, he, wait, I believe he's married to a, a female writer named Cassandra. I can't think of her last name. I'll have to Google it while I'm talking to uh, other guests tonight. But he's married to a, fi- a, a fiction writer as well. Oh, really? Well, Yeah, she's quite good. I Pat saw her Conroy. in South Carolina. Oh, cool. Very cool. Um, what I've been reading um, to, to talk to the divas about a little bit is a book that I've had for a while and I go back to every now and again. It's called Mindless Eating. And it's written by Brian Wainsick, and he is a Ph.D. at Cornell University up in the Finger Lakes area, which is one of my favorite parts of the world. And this book is a little bit about, um, it talks to us about why we eat some of the, why we eat the way that we do. And um, it's just a fun, interesting book. For instance, there's one thing, um, it's all based in science. It's all research-based. He runs a, um, like a, a food clinic, um, an experimental lab, where he does research on why we eat the way we do. And so it's all evidence-based, but he presents it in his book in such an easy-to-understand way and with a, a whole lot of humor. It's really a good, easy, fun book to read. But he talks about in one area um, of the book that we don't really – keep a good awareness of what we eat. Like um, last time you had French fries, did you have 20 French fries or did you have 30 French fries? We don't know because we don't count. Or last time you went to a Mexican restaurant, did you have five tortilla chips or did you eat the whole basket? We don't count. Can we count, count them by the bowl? Yeah, I was going to say, can we count them by yeah, the bowls? Yeah, we count them by the bowls. But we, and there's no evidence usually of how much we've eaten. So and true. So, well, and so he decided to do an experiment where he brought a bunch of students into a bar to watch a football game, and they could eat all the chicken wings that they wanted because there's remnants from chicken wings. You eat the meat, you leave the bones. Okay. And so as people were sitting at the tables, um, half the people in the restaurant got a basket in front of them, and they put their bones in the basket. The other half of the people had the basket in front of them. They put their bones in the basket. The wait staff came and took the bones away. And so they couldn't really keep track of how much they were eating because the bones kept getting cleared off the table. And what he found was that the people who didn't have the bones sitting in front of them ate 25% more than the people who had the bones left in front of them. And it shows us that we don't always, we're not aware of what we're eating. And our stomach usually doesn't tell us that we've eaten too much until our clothes start to get a little bit too tight. So we have to be more mindful of what we're eating. I'll tell you, Kristen Higgins, is, Kristen Higgins is coming up, has several main characters who do a little mindless eating, including Lucy, who is in uh, the next best thing in her, her addiction to Twinkies. So quickly, uh, this is great tonight to have you on the show, Marianne. Tell everyone how they could find out more about the Diva Club in uh, Diabetes Partnership of Cleveland. Well, they can go on our website at www.diabetespartnership.org, or if they want to give a call, they can always call me at 216-591-0800, or they can email me at mnicolay at diabetespartnership.org. If you have any questions or need any help, all you have to do is give a call. You know you just gave that out to a worldwide audience, but I want to thank you for... You know what, Marianne? People are going to wonder, what does fiber have to do with sex? But I'm saying TGIF. Thank God it's fiber with Marianne. Thank there you, you for go. In your honor, I'm going to play you out with some Donna Summer. Okay. dance everybody let's let's get up and rowdy i mean who knew fiber could be so much fun i didn't but guess what if you want to have some fun you better start reading because there's a fabulous author she's a new york times best-selling u.s u.s today best-selling author and two-time uh romance writers association reader award winner who admittedly loves to write books about relationships since the search for love and security is one of the driving forces in life Please welcome my special guest tonight, Kristen Higgins. Hello, Kristen. Hi, Max. How are you? 
I'm I'm so much better now that I got to meet you. I'm trying oh, to apply your thoughts. <laughs> I couldn't get my audience. You know, I have them here. They're eating their uh, they're eating a lot of chicken wings without the bones apparently, oh. and they don't they don't applaud. <laughs> Can you believe that? Do you count the number of chicken wings you eat? I'm gonna know. <laughs> <laughs> Are you? Oh, I love it. Well, you know, I am. I'm a big fan, and I love your books. I, I read three preparing for this interview. I read The Best Man, The Next Best Thing, and Just One of the Guys. And the one thing that kind of jumped out at me, Kristen, in your books, is that you really have these feisty, quirky, strong female characters. I love to call them divas. So, All right. tell us a little bit about where the inspiration comes from. These women because I don't think they're like the average romance novel female. They're 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 normal, I wanna say. Yeah, you know, when I was um before I started writing, when I was a reader, I I've always read romance and I I really kind of felt this lack in the marketplace of stories about people like me or my sister or my friend down the street. And I was thinking, you know, everybody wants that great big love story Everybody wants, you know, to have a, the love of their life. But most of us aren't, you know, the billionaire or, um, you know, incredibly beautiful or, or super talented. You know, we're just, we're just normal. And where are the stories for us, you know, the slightly overweight or, you know, the accountants and the, and the nurses and the teachers, where are our stories? So uh, when I started writing, I really wanted to do that kind of every woman heroine. I love it because, like, chastity in uh, just one of the guys, at some point someone calls her a She-Hulk. <laughs> I mean, she's not, <laughs> she's not really beautiful. She actually is a – she was on the crew team in college, and she's still crewing. She's pretty – she's very tall. She's at 5'11 mm-hmm. or 6 feet. A lot of men are intimidated by her. And I, I just – I mean, I, I wanted people to hear that because I just think these characters are so interesting in faith – from the best man, I think she's very curvy. I mean, I, I think my friend mm-hmm. Catherine Steeler would say that Faith was very curvy. Uh-huh. Yeah, definitely. I, I think, you know, I've written 11 books now, and, and I think I've had one heroine who's actually really gorgeous. And in fact, in, in that book, it's more of a curse than a blessing for her. But I do like to write people who are, who are regular. Um, you know, Chastity suffers from, from having four older brothers and, and hence the title, just one of the guys. Um, and Faith, you know, she's always, you know, wriggling into spanks and, um, you know, trying to get into last year's genes without success. So, you know, just like the rest of us, I think, um, those are the issues that, that I deal with. So I figured other people would too. Well, two of the older women in two of your books really popped out at me, and I wanted to talk about it because I think these, their storylines are so interesting. I want to start first with just one of the guys. I want to start with Chastity's mother. Her storyline oh, yeah. is something you would not read in a romance novel, and I have to tell you, it made me very sad, and I don't want to give it away, but this is a woman who, who felt like she gave her heart and soul to her family. She's married to a fireman, as are you. Are you not in real mm-hmm. life marriage? That's and, true. And... and um, so she she's she's been he's been so dedicated to his career he didn't really have the time to commit to her or his children completely early on in his in their marriage correct mm-hmm. and so she begs him to get um to be re, to retire and he won't do it and she's so tired of waiting around waiting around waiting around they ultimately get a divorce and she finds herself back out there dating what kind of led to that whole storyline well. I really loved the idea that that this older woman would would kind of seize her own destiny, and the fact that she's been married for 40 years isn't going to stop her from getting the things that she wants. Um, she loves her husband, and, and now her ex-husband, the father of her kids, but um, he's he's very selfish in a lot of ways. You know, he loves being a firefighter. He he always puts the job first, and. Um, and she finally gets tired of waiting around for him. So she says, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go forth and find what I want for myself. And what's so funny about that storyline is that Chastity is also trying to find um, the one and, and settle down. And so she and her mom end up doing some of these singles events together, which is horrifying for Chastity. Um, but I, I really liked the idea of having an older, you know, actively seeking a romance. And... Um, 
you know, she she and her husband come to an understanding about, you know, what they do put first and and what their priorities are. And um I don't want to give it away either, but I think that um at the end of the book they're both they're both very happy with the decisions that they make. Absolutely. I love that. I mean, I love that. I hope people pick up that book, just one of the guys. Now, the second one, the older woman, is Faith's older sister, Prudence, which really is part <laughs> of the Don't Let Diabetes Kill Romance campaign, because Prudence is, is she's, I don't know, is she in her 40s, maybe 50s? She's older than mm-hmm. Faith. Yeah. yeah. And she's married to her husband, and suddenly they have a bunch of kids, but now he wants to up the the fun in the bedroom. Right, right. And so Prudence kind of starts to fight it in the beginning, but what do you want to say? Well, she's very, you know, she and and, um, Carl are very happy together. You know, they have have a couple kids, and the kids are are mostly grown, and... um, and and when Carl starts starts to say, you know, let's let's explore a little, let's let's be more adventuresome, let's bring some some sexy back, she says, uh, you know, I didn't know the sexy was gone. And I think what I wanted to show there is that you know you can get kind of complacent in a relationship, and you know, sexually, romantically, just taking the other person for granted. And what she finds is that with a little effort, she starts to have a lot of fun. And and what's great about Prudence is that she has no filter, so she's very happy to talk about her her escapades with her sisters or in a bar in front of her father. And, I know she um, seems like she's one of my relatives. It just comes out anywhere, <laughs> you know. She just shares it all. But you know, it's so interesting. I'll be talking to Jennifer Martzloff from Trig Laboratories later on because last uh, podcast we talked about older women and some women. Lose, who have diabetes have a lack of desire and other women experience personal dryness. And so, mm-hmm. you know, Prudence, I know she's not living with diabetes, but for my listeners, this I think we could all really relate to this character and what you just said about her not thinking that, the, you know, that the fun had left because she wasn't aware of it until her husband Carl kind of brings it out of her and then he brings it mm-hmm. out of her, bam, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, she becomes a, an animal. Well, I wanted to ask you what you thought of this, though, Chris. I wanted to get your opinion on this, Kristen, because I know you do Man mm-hmm. Wars with your good friend uh, Jill Slavin on um, Facebook. So Men's uh-huh. Health just released the, the list of the 10 foods every couple must bring to bed. So I wanted to know if you or Prudence would bring some of these items to bed. Ready? <laughs> okay, go for it. Mangoes. Would you bring a mango to bed? Oh, I love mangoes. Yeah, sure. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> would you be Would you be willing to bring honey to bed? Uh, a little sticky. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't think I would have brought that one, but we'll give you a little clap on that. <sighs> they want you to bring sparkling wine to bed, not just something sure. just something in a bottle. Wine in the bed is, is but something bubbly, not that makes it even more uh, effervescent on your tongue. What do you think? Absolutely. <laughs> Are you ready for this one? And we should have we should bring Marianne back. Warmed <laughs> figs. It's warmed figs. Would you bring warm figs to bed? Uh, I would give it a try once. Sure. <laughs> I have to give that up. I just, I just, I'm sorry. Warm figs. I just, I don't know. Maybe, thank God it's fiber would be a good one. Sushi. <laughs> there you go. See, what about fiber. sushi? Sushi? I don't think I'd want in bed, no. Did you, did you ever see Sex in the City, the movie, where Kim Cattrall has it on her body and she's waiting for the boyfriend for like three hours and it just throws it off her body at the end? Um, Granada. Instead of have, granita, excuse me, instead of having ice cream, which is too heavy before you have a sexual romp, they recommend having a lighter, fresher tasting dessert, which you could make ahead of time and keep frozen. What do you think? Oh, yeah, that sounds great. That sounds great. In fact, my friend Robin Carr wrote a very sexy uh, frozen dessert. <laughs> what book is that in of Robin's? Uh, that was in the, I think it was in The Newcomer. Oh, okay. oh, I just got that book. Okay, I'm going to be reading that. Chocolate truffles. I know you're going to say that. You're an award-winning of baker, course. so you're going to you're going to love the chocolate. You're going to love the chocolate truffle. Faith That's would love gift. the chocolate yep. truffle. <laughs> um, gold flakes. You can yes, you could eat gold. It doesn't taste like much, but there's that's not the point. You break out the flakes in bed and scatter the few across your lover and eat them off one at a time. What do you think? Uh, I would be concerned about the health risks. <laughs> Big 
Okay. <laughs> uh, finally, I think, oh, no, there's two more. Uh, homemade whipped cream. You, you're a baker, so you could do this. Homemade yep. whipped cream yeah. with uh, strawberries. They don't want you using the stuff out of the aerosol-aided stuff out of the grocery store. They want you to really no. make your own. They think if you, if you it. Ma- whip it by hand, it's showing your lover you're a little bit more into it. Absolutely. But I say when in doubt, why not have fun in a truck stop and buy the one out of the can? <laughs> That's what the show's about tonight. Okay, here's the final one. I'm, I'm going to try to reserve judgment. Steak. A thick hunk of seared steak, tender to eat, dribbling down the chin, especially after a juicy bite. What do you think of that? <laughs> no, that's awful. I don't know where they... Say, that, listen, I have my beefcake in my bed already, so... <laughs> oh, there you go. I love that. That's perfect. Okay. All right, so I want to get back to this. Um, you know, in... Um, I've got to bring this up because a lot of these women, we were talking about chastity, we were talking about faith, but we're going to talk about Lucy for a minute. Love their chastity is a junk foodaholic. Faith mm-hmm. is kind of like a little bit of a stash. But then Lucy, who went to school, culinary school, and loves to cook her own desserts, she um, loves Twinkies. And this is what you wrote. This is Lucy. Twinkies are my favorite that slight tang of chemical preservatives that gives the beloved icon its impressive shelf life, the spongy, sticky cake, that little tunnel of white through the middle, Hostess cupcakes too, the peel-away frosting with the cheery little swirl of white on top, the non-dairy cream filling that that I like to dig out with my tongue, the pink snowballs, like something from a science fiction number, the movie, the ho-hos, the ding-dongs, Lucy said, kept telling someone how much she loved all of these things. Why, why did you make this character love these Twinkies so much? Well, I, I personally love Twinkies, um, you know, as a kid <laughs> I knew it had to be someone here who loved them. <laughs> you know, I grew up in the 70s, so I had to love Twinkies. Um, but also, her love of those kind of store-bought baked goods is is metaphoric in that she is a pastry chef, but the night her husband died, um, she was she was baking this beautiful dessert for him, and and she associates now her pastries with his death. So she's unable to eat the the stuff that she makes herself, and it's kind of a symbol of her inability to get over his death and keep moving forward. So she turns to to kind of the the fake stuff, you know, the Twinkies and the Hostess products. It's such a that is such a wonderful novel. The next best thing. Uh, it's so. I mean, we're talking just about one scene, everybody. But this character and the depth of what she's going through. She's a young widower and how she's trying to get over. You know, kind of get past that part of her life and move on. And at the same time, she doesn't want to give it up. I, I just. I really <laughs> enjoyed that book. But I have to tell you, before I knew anything about you, I knew you were going to be on my show. So I was wanting to read about it for the Don't Let Diabetes Kill Romance campaign, and I came up with this. I hope I find the right quote. Okay, here we go. It's from the same book, everybody. This is just, I think, kismet. This is Lucy speaking again. Sex with Ethan has always been a, a, a guilty, delicious pleasure, Something, sometimes urgent, always smoking. My colleague, my college roommate has diabetes, and once in a while, when her blood sugar was falling, she'd come crashing into our room, retch open the emergency jar of Nutella and inhale a big spoonful, then collapse gratefully onto the bed. That was what Ethan was to me, my emergency (laughs) Nutella. How did you come up with that? (laughs) Well, again, personal experience, I love Nutella. (laughs) Who doesn't? Um, But I just, I I thought about that, you know, that rush that that you must get. And I I actually, you know, I didn't have a, a roommate who had diabetes so I just made that up, but um, but I imagined like the relief and and the sweetness and and that instant rush that would just make everything better, and related it to food because of course, as I said, Lucy's a pastry chef. I love it. I mean, I just thought it was so strange. I was reading your book, and I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe she mentioned it here. I know Chastity is is studying to get her. Um, Oh, she's working in the emergency room, and a, a man with type 1 diabetes comes rolling in. So you have diabetes mm-hmm. kind of uh, throughout several of your books. It comes, it's not a major theme, but I found it interesting and coincidental that it was coming up in your books. Do you, ha, have you written about it with any of your main characters? or, or what do you, I know not, Faith had epilepsy, so. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I haven't yet, but I do think that diabetes is is so common. We all know someone who's who's had diabetes or or who's you know who's trying to balance it right now. Um, so I definitely think it's a it's a part of of life today. You know, we we all know diabetics. We all know people with nut allergies. You know, and um, so the fact that it comes up, I think, is just indicative of the fact that every once in a while you meet somebody. Well, I want, to meet, I, I want you to meet someone right now. She's a personal trainer, a yoga instructor, a cognitive coach, and she's also an author who has a hot, hot, hot new exercise video series that just came out. It's raising money for the Diabetes Hands Foundation. It's called Sweet Sweat Beaties. Good grief, Max. I'm not doing that well tonight because <laughs> I'm too excited to have you on the show, Kristen. But I would love you to meet Ginger Vieira. Hello, Ginger. Hey, Max. I like the sweet beauties. That's almost as uh, meaningful as sweat beauties. <laughs> yeah, right. I, you know, I love to sweat, so it would be sweet to me to do one of your mini workouts. <laughs> yeah. And can I just say that that Brett Michaels quote just, like, made my head spin. That's cray-cray, using pop culture terminology. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard. It is crazy, it. right? Yeah, that's so, it's, and, you know, on the same note of exercise, I mean, sex, especially if you're doing it right, is kind of like exercise, right? So, of course, it lowers your blood sugar, but a high blood sugar during exercise of any kind is not going to help you get the benefits of exercise. I mean, he forgot about the whole fact that high blood sugar kills nerve endings, and guess what helps you enjoy sex? Nerve endings, you know? It's like, that's just crazy. I know, and you know, this so. is on the heels of, I mean, this came out a while ago, but then Tom Hanks last week on uh, David Letterman talking about type 1 being uh, scarier than type 2, I just, you know, sometimes Oh yeah. there's just so much confusion in the world, you know, it's just, I don't know, I hope, I hope when people read those articles, they go back to their healthcare providers or talk to great peers like yourself or even go to the resources like Diabetes Daily and check out and get the real information because it's so important for people to understand that. Yeah, now you heard... Like, no, we can, sorry, I was just going to say, we can understand that Tom Hanks, from his experience so far with diabetes, it doesn't seem as scary to him as what he might know about type 1, right? But there are so many people with type 2 who diabetes is a scary thing on a daily basis, and it's immense. And, yeah, so it's comments like that, you said, they're just it's difficult to get the right, accurate information out there. Now, Ginger, you're living with type 1 diabetes. I am. And you went to college, so have you ever compared uh, sex to a Nutella rush? <laughs> hmm. No. <laughs> Sorry. Well, Kristen, you just gave her one. So maybe did you did you hear that little paragraph? I sure, I'm I'm probably butchered it, but I was too excited that, to, that I found that. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to think about that. I I like uh, there's a different version of Nutella that I like that was made in California. It doesn't have any corn syrup in it. Speaking of nutrition. So, you know, I'll have to incorporate that sometime soon. <laughs> All right. Now, tell <laughs> us a little bit about this video series because it's part of the Diabetes Hand Foundation Seeds Grant Program, and every yes. cent of the $5 purchased for these videos will be, di- will be donated to the Diabetes Hand Foundation Big Blue Test, helping people yes. across the globe get insulin they need. Yeah. So the main thing to know is that um, these videos are, like you said, $5, but they're very basic, and you don't have to do all four videos at once because you will own all four videos, and you can literally decide on Tuesday that you want to do 30 minutes of beginner's yoga, or on Wednesday you want to do 15 minutes of a core workout, then on Saturday you could do 30 minutes of uh, body weight strength training without any equipment, And then on Monday, you could do 30 minutes of strength training with dumbbells. So those are the four videos. And And Kristen, you box, right? You take boxing, don't you? I do. So can you imagine doing some of the – I take cardio kickboxing. Awesome. And I I need to do more abs. I have to tell you, I want the abs, abs, abs video. (laughs) All right. Yeah, you read the title. Exactly. That's funny. Yeah, and um, the Big Blue Test is an awesome uh, program. People across the world do not have insulin that have diabetes. So they are dying simply because they cannot get insulin. And that's unacceptable. So Big Blue Test helps get insulin to those people. And uh, the money raised from sweat beaties goes to that cause. 
That's amazing. And I saw on some of the reviews that one woman said she actually got her husband to do it with her. And now that he didn't yeah. like to exercise, and so now he's using the videos with her. So, I mean, this is a great way for couples to get together, too, exercise together. Yeah, good point. Yeah, to, you know, and, and uh, what's the word? Fire things up before they head to bed together if we're talking on the subject of sex. <laughs> so there you go. Well, and you recently got engaged, correct? I did. Congratulations. Thank you. So how did he, everyone wants to know how he proposed. Oh, we have. (laughs) That's funny. We have three dogs, and I just came home, and you have to say hi to all the dogs when you come home. So I was kneeling on the floor saying hi to all of them, and he knelt down on the floor in front of me and proposed. And the funny thing is that there's three um, stones in the ring, and one is a little bigger than the others. And he said, this one's for me, and this one's for you, and this one's for us. And I, seconds later, said, oh, I thought this one was for Blue, and this one was for Petey, and this one was for Einstein. Uh, That's not accurate. The stones are really about us, not the dogs, apparently. But that's how he proposed. I love it. Congratulations again. (laughs) So when are you getting married? We're getting married in April. All right. Well, you want, want to stay tuned because my next Jeff from Trig Laboratories is going to tell us a little bit about What happens between the sheets and some of the best lubricants for men and women on their honeymoon or any day of the week? Kristen, I I guess it would be for prudence any day of the week. Please (laughs) welcome to the show Jennifer Martzloff. Hello, Jennifer. Hi, Max. How are you? Fabulous. Okay, so you heard the you heard about Brett Michaels at the top of the show, and we're going to hear I from did. Stephanie a little bit later. So you know, uh, I want to talk to you about last time we talked about lubricants for women, but we never really talked about lubricants for men. So okay, I want to know like we we know uh, Brett Michaels is not doing the right thing by managing his blood sugars, but hopefully he's doing the right thing by um, putting a glove on his love. And if he was to do that and use the <laughs> condom, why would why would lubricant be important? It's really important when you use condoms because condoms can break and when there is too much friction, it makes it much more likely that the condom will break. Uh, most condoms come lubricated with a little tiny bit of silicone lubricant, but that's mainly just to keep the condom from sticking together in the wrapper. So you do need to add more lubricant. If you add a little tiny bit on the inside of the condom, you will have more sensitivity too. So, Kristen, if you're ever going to write about the secret baby, they could be wearing a condom and get pregnant. Sure, yeah, absolutely. That's now, wonderful. what are the options for men with lubricants? Um, well, you could pretty much use anything. I mean, a man could use anything a woman could use. Um, there's water-based, like our wet, or our wet original. There's silicone-based, like wet platinum. Um, we have lubricants for couples. We have lubricants... Um, that are cooling, warming, tingling. There's all kinds. What, do men like cooling or tingling? I mean, what kind of, do they like the warming or the cooling? It really depends I'm on the person. I'm trying to think of this out loud. I, I haven't used either one. I want to be honest with the audience, but I'll try for the next show, I swear. <laughs> I'll send you some. <laughs> it depends on the person. So if, if you have very sensitive skin, I never recommend using warming or a cooling or a tingling product. Just stick with the basics. But um, the, the warming can feel really nice. Um, the tingling can be either slightly sensitizing or slightly desensitizing, depending on the person. Some, and people, if a like man, that. Some people don't. And if a man is using Viagra or one of these you know, prescription drugs to have a long-lasting erection, what, what lubricant would stay on all night long, so to speak? Uh-huh. Uh, wet platinum silicone-based would definitely stay on all night long. Um, the, the silicone, the, mo- the molecules are very large, so they don't actually absorb into the skin and they don't dry, which makes it a really nice long-lasting lubricant, which is great if you have been taking Viagra because you will definitely need a lubricant to last. Who buys more lubricant, I'm curious, men or women? I think both. I really do. We do a lot of online surveys, and, and it's about 50-50. Interesting. So if, if, if you're shopping for lubricant, most of the time you should, be, you should be really looking at the silicone, right? You shouldn't be really going with the water-based. So the silicone base, like the wet platinum, is great because it's long-lasting, but it does need to be washed off with soap and water. So if you just want kind of 
you know, get in there and then get out um, without having to take a shower. You can just wipe it away with with uh, water. You would want to use a water base like the Wet Original. All right. And I, I you know, the other thing I want to know is like. What about, um, I know we talked about this last month, too. I wasn't quite sure about the all-natural, like, why would I want an all-natural lubricant? If you have sensitive skin, we recommend using something that's glycerin-free and paraben-free. The glycerin is slightly warming, and that's in a lot of the water-based formulas, so that may be a little bit irritating to some people. Not everyone, but to some people. So something like Wet Naturals is a great option. What do you think Prudence would use, Kristen? (laughs) <laughs> I'm just listening, taking it all in. I don't know. I think she would go for the all night long stuff. She oh. would go for the wet wow. She would go for the wet wow couture arousal gel plus some lubricant. What is the wet wow? <laughs> Tell us. What is the wet wow? Wet wow is a, it's a couture arousal gel. Um, it's got a couple of vasodilators in it, so it brings blood to the surface of the skin, and then it's got a little peppermint for a cooling sensation. You just need a little tiny bit. Wow, you've been holding out on us. You didn't tell us about that last month. How much does that retail for? Uh, that's about twenty dollars. And what are the what's the reviews on that? Sounds like it would be pretty good. Uh, they are pretty good. It comes in Max O or Gentle O, and uh, the Max O is twice as strong as the Gentle O, and it's um, it'll knock your socks off. I love it. And on that note, we have to bring in our final guest. So stay, hang around, ladies, because this is where it gets to be girls' night out. Let's bring in one of my favorite educators. She's a certified diabetes educator. She's also a pharmacist. She's living with type 1 diabetes, and she works for Thomas Jefferson University Hospital, which I am so privileged and proud to work with on a continuing basis with Divabetic. Please welcome to the show, Stephanie Gabber. Hello, Stephanie. Hey, Max. How are you? Better now that you're here and we're talking to all the ladies. Um, I'm curious. You heard uh, Ginger's response. You heard my response. What did you think of Brett Michaels? Well, you know, when I first read it, I had the same response that Ginger and you had. But then I thought about it. And first of all, it's a shame that he didn't take the opportunity to really use his stardom to educate people about type 1 diabetes or diabetes in general, but when I was thinking about it, and I went through everything that he was saying about the only diabetes will ever affect you in bed is when you have an extremely low blood sugar, well, that's not true, because diabetes can affect you if you have a high blood sugar, because if you have high blood sugars, then it decreases desire and it makes you fatigued. So, and if you're a man and you're tired and fatigued, you're not going to be able to have an erection. So it's not only the low blood sugar that you need to be worried about. But then again, I said the word worry, and when you have the fear of a low blood sugar in bed, that too could cause a decrease in desire and the inability to perform. So it's not just the high blood sugar and it's not just the low blood sugar. So you can see that diabetes can really affect you in in romance. So the other part of it that, you know, I was trying to make the positives and the negatives out of the statements that he said. As Ginger said, sex can definitely be a physical activity and physical activities will definitely lower your blood sugars. So the fact that he knows that this could possibly cause to have a, him to have a low blood sugar, I looked at it as it's a positive. He also may, was saying he wanted to keep his blood sugars in a, the 200s, which means that he's monitoring his blood sugar, which is also very, very po- a positive thing to do because you don't want to have a low blood sugar during sex, it kind of gives that, you know, that phrase going down during sex (laughs) is never a good thing. It gives it that double meaning. But it's really important that he did know what his blood sugar was. The part that is negative is the fact that he was saying that he holds back on insulin so that he can maintain a high blood sugar. You should never hold back on the medications and the insulins that you're taking. You gave some really great suggestions, um, he could bring mangoes to bed, he could bring honey to bed, he could bring whipped cream to bed, 
because all of those would keep his blood sugar up if he would need if he would start to feel symptoms of a low blood sugar while um, he's performing. And to endanger your life because to in, for somebody else, you know, that's just wrong on so many so many levels. But you know, with the high blood sugars, it increases complications, as Ginger had said. You know, sex is not just about um, the physical piece of it. It's the emotional piece of it, and it's the desire. So high blood sugars before sex will cause problems with performing and maintaining an erection, as well as, you know, not controlling your blood sugars throughout, you know, your life along with your cholesterol. But the one thing that, you know, he sex is, isn't always or can't always be spontaneous when you have diabetes. Uh, we would like to think it is, like when we watch all those movies and we see, read romance novels. But when you have diabetes, sometimes you need to take a little time out, check what your blood sugar is. If your blood sugar is too low for you to engage in a physical activity, just like exercise or going out running, again, if it's too low to have sex, you need to eat something to prevent that low blood sugar from happening. And then again, after you after you have sex, it's very important to check your blood sugar because again, you could be too high or too low. So monitoring is 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 really very very important. So you you can have mind blowing sex. You just have to be prepared if you're living with diabetes and do a little pre planning. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, personally, I have type one diabetes. I've had diabetes for 31 years, and um, and. You know, I'll admit only on the radio to everyone that I do have sex, as, unless my mom is listening, that I don't have sex. But um, I do keep a juice box by my bed, and it's, it's, not, it's, it's just part of life. So, you know, I will bring the honey to bed, and I have brought figs, by the way, and sushi. You have brought figs, and you like figs in bed? Oh my gosh, figs are loaded with sugar and fiber at the same time. <laughs> TGIF. Um, the thing I'm curious, though, is about, I wanted to talk to you because about um, erectile dysfunction for a minute and, and take the audience way down for a second because I know Kristen doesn't write about this in her books and I'm, I'm sure a lot of romance writers would shy away from it, but the idea that if a man in your life is taking some of these drugs, how do women respond to this? Because it just seems like it could be a little bit exhausting. Yeah, you know, a lot of men who have diabetes or don't have diabetes experience erectile dysfunction as much as 75% of men over the age of 60 have erectile dysfunction. So when these new pills came out to um, treat erectile dysfunction, it, it, it hit an age group where women have lower hormone levels as well and their sexual desire is diminished as well. So now all of a sudden we have men who have um, are able to pop a pill and maintain an erection and it, that being able to maintain an erection doesn't last for 36 hours, but if sexual intimacy once needs to or occurs within that 36 hours, then the man is ready, but unfortunately his spouse or partner may not be. So sometimes these, these magic pills that are, work for men can cause problems in a relationship with, with women. Um, if the women, woman is suffering from diabetes as well, um, again, women who have diabetes have decreased hormone levels and have uh, other issues that could decrease desire as well as cause pain during sex. So these magic pills seem to work for men, but you have to have that communication between partners to make sure that this is what both partners can um, are able to work with. I love it. Well, you know what? I, we're running out of time, but that was great advice, Stephanie. I want to thank all my guests. Thank you, Lorraine, for being on the show tonight. Thank That's you, Matt. Lorraine Brooks. I want to thank Marianne Nicolay from the Diva Club in Cleveland. Thank you, Marianne. Thanks, Max. 
Thank you, Jennifer Martzloff from Trig Laboratories for being a part of the show. Thank you so much. Thank you, Stephanie Gabber from Thomas Jefferson University Hospital. We're going to see you on November 16th at Divabek Victory Over Diabetes. Thanks, Stephanie. Can't wait. And Kristen Higgins, I want to applaud you for coming out and letting us share your audience tonight and expose people more to some of the sexual wellness issues that affect people with diabetes in a fun and informative manner. I love your books. I think they're such a great read. I hope everyone checks out your website, Kristen Higgins. Uh, my favorites were The Best Man, The Next Best Thing, and Just One of the Guys. Those are the three I read. What's coming up, though, Kristen? What do you have coming up? Um, next week I have a book out called The Perfect Match. Ooh, we'll have to read that, and I'll go on your blog and, and mention it. And you're playing Man Wars on Facebook. So check yes, out Kristen yes. uh, Man Wars, and check out Diva Bedek on Facebook as well. Remember, November's Diabetes Roundtable podcast is scheduled for Tuesday, November 12th. I've got the entire team from Thomas Jefferson University Hospital as my guest stars. You could join Diva Bedek's Facebook fan page, group pages, and check out all my videos on Mr. Diva Bedek's YouTube channel. Once again, I want to thank my guests, and I want to take a minute and thank you, the listener, for tuning in. Glamour, fearless. Every diva has an entourage, and I'm so glad to be part of yours.